0: they asked like
1: Yeah.
0: and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like reclaiming our autonomy, houseplants, plants. And how other people's (laughs) journey can't be ours.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: But first, we want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing.
0: We don't know what we're doing, we're not professionals. No. We are not trained in this.
1: Technically, we are professionals because we are getting paid to do this now.
0: Yes. If you want to get an extra episode of Just Break Up <laughs> <laughs> every week, you can support us on Patreon for just $5 a month.
1: That's right. You can also find our merchandise on our website.
0: Yes. Anyway, for a- so after this nice <laughs> plug, <laughs> this is all to say we are not... Like certified in any of this, our advice is just from our life opinions and maybe like one-fourth of a Brene Brown book that we read. Yep, that's right. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 47.
1: 47.
0: Awesome. So our check-in topic today... Mm Is from a letter. Okay. And the letter is from someone who is named, I'd like to stay anonymous.
1: <laughs> it's a great name. Yep. Yep. It just writing, rolls off the tongue. Writing from the void.
0: And they write, this is plain and simple, and I'm pretty sure I already know the answer. But if one, like myself, were to have an amicable breakup, what are the do's and don'ts of the following 72 hours? So essentially, like, what's, what's the... Immediate aftercare. Uh, yep, yeah. of of breakups, kind of like tattoos. Like when you get a tattoo, like what's the aftercare? I
1: don't have a tattoo, so this is not really resonating with me.
0: Okay. How about like an ear piercing? (laughs) Don't have those either. (laughs) Okay. How about like um, Like a major surgery? Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
1: I got that one for sure. Uh,
0: We can definitely tell the differences between your and I's life experiences, though.
1: That's right. Very sickly over here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: And me, I was very experimental (laughs) with permanent consequences on my body. (laughs) That's great. That's great. AKA half of my tattoos. Uh Uh-huh. Are, I consider consequences <laughs> anyway so what is our post I like the hour you know like the 72 hours afterwards yeah um but let's talk about what do you do immediately after breakups mm-hmm. and what do you do no let's I was gonna say like a month later but Who hopefully hopefully you're just like living your life forgetting about that person that's right ha <laughs> <It> never happens <laughs> yeah, we'll that way. See. <laughs> Oh, that's if our letters An idyllic can, of right,
1: me. I think if our letters are any indication of how people feel after breakups, no. usually it takes a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so what's your number one piece of advice? Get drunk. <laughs> what about for people who don't drink?
1: Um, eat a lot of ice cream. Yeah. I don't know. Just do something that, like, you wouldn't normally do that to, like, well, in, like, sugar to, like, is like it, make yourself feel better.
0: You know... Comfort food is a real thing. Like our our psychological physical response to comfort food, um, it like lulls you into a weird yeah state of safety, like the womb. <laughs> and then <laughs> alcohol just numbs it all. That's right, yeah. or makes it all funny.
1: Yeah, I would say like stay away from like other hard drugs, but yeah.
0: I think that my um, post breakup thing is like yes, indulge, but be wary of the indulgence leaving you feeling more lonely. Oh, before. for sure. That's going
1: to happen. I, no. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's maybe it's just like get ready for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Step two. Get ready for the fallout from your distraction. Ultimately, not distracting you.
1: Oh, for sure. It's going to feel like better for like three hours or something. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly you're going to be crying in that's a bathroom by yourself. And it's going to be rebound like,
0: sex. <laughs> you were like, yes, have rebound sex. And I was like, yeah, if you're ready to feel awful
1: afterwards. <laughs>
0: I like I I am a pro doing whatever you want with your body at, in whatever timeline feels right for you, but I just end up feeling like sadder.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because it's not
0: like they're gonna like totally distract you. You're inevitably gonna think of that person.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um. I say, um, instead of like drowning yourself in alcohol and or sugar, which is what I do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> add some cheese curds, and that's like my last summer. Yeah. Um. I say make sure you have – you're not isolating yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: reaching out to your friends. Um, you're reaching out to you, trusted family members or community members. Yep. And you're just asking them to hang out with you to take your mind off of it. Absolutely. Like you – there are – I would say it is important to talk about it, but it's just as important to practice living your life distracted from the breakup, mm-hmm. right? Even if it's like, hey, friend of mine – um, so-and-so and I just break up, bro- broke up. I'm having a really hard couple days. I just need to, I need to hang out with someone to get my mind off of it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Can we go to a theme park or to a bar or a library or go for a walk or a bike ride or something like that? Yeah, for sure. A theme park.
1: <laughs> yeah, a theme park was the first thing that you said.
0: Yeah. I just was thinking, like, what's the most shiny, sparkly, loud, terrible place I could think I of? I
1: honestly feel like
0: coming out of a breakup yeah, at going a, theme to park a theme park would
1: be awful. <laughs>
0: You'd be, like, at the top of a roller coaster just sobbing, like, <laughs> yeah. she didn't love me. She cheated on me with someone named Gary. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and I think that's what I meant by, like, get drunk. It's like, don't get drunk by yourself, but, like, Socialize. go out with your friends mm-hmm. and, like, let them let them buy you some, some beverages to help you take <laughs> your mind off of what is going on. Yeah. Um,
0: a milkshake, perhaps.
1: Which is to say, like... I don't think that like I'm not trying to say that alcohol is like the the thing that will soothe you and like shouldn't be the thing that soothes you in the long term. But like
0: camaraderie will.
1: Yes, absolutely. And like that in that 72 hours, like the hurt is so fresh that it's Mm -hmm. like I don't think it's okay to like escape a little bit because like as long as you're committed to doing the head and heart work after like. Yeah. This shit hurts. Immediately, and then it hurts like long term. Totally, and I so, would like, like. How do you self soothe in whatever way that feels healthy and like? Right. If there's a problem going on there, like don't do it. But
0: yeah, like sleeping a lot. Oh, sleeping okay. Yeah. yeah. Watching a ton of TV, okay with me because it's just. It Sam's right is that those first seventy two hours, the pain can be so extreme that sometimes you just have to survive it. Yep. You don't have to process it yet. Right. Yes. But um you just have to get through it. And and that and we all know what, how horrible that is. Right. We also think in addition to camaraderie, distraction, um getting your mind off of it and just existing like next to the pain instead of experiencing it. Uh stay off social media. Ooh, yeah. And do not Text your ex.
1: (laughs) Just don't. So there are, like, understandably, there are logistics sometimes to breaking up. Yeah,
0: like I get the dog.
1: Yeah, or like who gets the frying pan or like how do we tell our landlord that we need to break our lease? Whatever it is. But like the first 72 hours are maybe not the time to figure that out. Yes,
0: and you can say that to your ex-partner. You can say... I we can work all of this out or or you can even say, God forbid, you want to be their friend. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but like, you know, if you want to maintain a relationship after your relationship, you can say, I'm really interested in like redefining our re- relationship as a friendship, but I just need some time off from you yep. um, so that my mind can create new associations of you. Yeah. There has to be a break.
1: For sure. And like... You also need the time to feel the pain that you are feeling in it. Exactly. Because how many
0: people out there, including people in this room? (laughs) Yes. Probably me. (laughs) Maybe you. um, Have had pseudo breakups where you break up, but then you, it's not really like you break up. It's just like everything is the same. You just said that you broke up to like, you know, to like solve some sort of problems. But instead you're just like shoving a knife into an outlet, like farther and farther and farther into the problem until the whole house like lights on fire.
1: Yeah. That's great. That's the way to do it for yep, sure. No,
0: totally. Spread out the pain as long as humanly possible because you, quote, can't see your life without this person, quote.
1: Right, right. <laughs> End
0: quote. Here's the
1: thing. You can live without any person.
0: Absolutely. Oh, my God. Like, like I'm just telling you. That too. That's the that's sad truth or the hard truth or whatever theme of this episode is, No matter how hard your heart is breaking, you can live through it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that
0: might sound like the most, like, I'm sure that at least 72 listeners right now who are heartbroken are, like, turning their phone off right now. (laughs) Because they're like, nope, that's not true. That's not
1: true. I'll never get through this. And
0: and don't get me wrong. Sam is directly quoting me when he says that. (laughs) But um, you can live without any other person.
1: You can. I mean, which is not to say that you can't live without people. Because, well, like,
0: technically people do. They do do that. My yeah. dad lives in a studio cabin in the middle of the woods.
1: Yeah, that's yes, true. Yes, but he
0: actually has a large um he has you and people. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which isn't yeah, so we're not trying to say like isolate yourself cuz you don't need nobody. What we're trying to say is that like any one person in your life that you think that you can't live without, you can. And I mean that in a way that, like, they could die tomorrow Mm -hmm. and you would have to go on living. You
0: have to. Right. And that's the thing is right now you have to. Yep. Because one of you or both of you have chosen to end the relationship. And that is the choice that you have to live with. Now you have to. You have to adjust your life to this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that so in those 72 72 hours, you're going to stay off social media. You're going to take a break from seeing them. You are going to acknowledge the pain. But in the hierarchy of it, you're going to acknowledge your survival first. Mm -hmm. You're going to feed your survival first. Um, So do whatever you need to do to get through those very hard days And now it's on you to start saying, my life is different now. My life is new. And the newness is uncomfortable, but I can endure it. Yeah. Yep. Um, Also, don't have sex. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) No matter how tempting
1: it may seem, and it will seem tempting.
0: It will be seem tempting, and it might even seem more tempting than it has ever been before.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Don't do it. Just don't do it. What's
0: the analogy I can do for that? It's like, okay... I have this wound on my arm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Here we go. What's the metaphors? It's
0: festering. Uh-huh. And instead of, like, I don't know, putting a bandage on it, I'm going to have someone gnaw on my other arm to distract me from it. Yeah. But it's like a pleasurable gnawing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what you get when you have sex with your ex that you just broke up with? Two arms that are hurt. <laughs> One of them's festering and one of them has a bunch of bite marks in it Yeah Metaphors, I'm a writer, buy my books
1: (laughs) Great (laughs) Um, Speaking of social media How do you feel about like people who post things that are like Just letting everyone know that we are broken up We are still like We still love each other Like blah 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 You know like like Gwyneth Paltrow conscious uncoupling
0: Uh, I actually like it Oh do you dislike it? I hate it. <laughs> why? Tell me why.
1: Because I feel like we live in this culture where we feel like we owe things to everyone. <gasps> oh, okay,
0: fine. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> like but- I
1: get that it can be like a convenient way to like tell everyone at the same time because yes. like having to tell people over and over again is like really shitty. Yes. And I, I think that's what like it depends on the motivation. If it's like, hey, we're doing this because like it's everyone needs to know and I not and we don't want to tell everyone individually but like this is what happened. Yes. Like I can get that. But but I feel like people feel an obligation to tell everyone or like like make sure that everyone is in the know and like you don't owe that to anyone. Like your breakup is with you and your ex and that's mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. you can decide who you want to tell and who's going to be helpful for you in healing from that breakup.
0: I think you're totally right. And I think that that is the foundation, right? The foundation is I have to say I don't owe this to anyone. Yeah. And I think why I like it is because then I am in the know mm-hmm. and I can be supportive in that way. Instead of saying, yo, so-and-so, how's it going with so-and-so? And they're like, oh, we broke up. Instead, I can say, hey, how you doing? Do you want to go to an amusement park with me? <laughs> but, um, but you're right. The It, it has to be a very—it um, it has to be a choice— I think that why people do that, in addition to the toxicity of social media, the idea that we feel like we have to be ever-present and ever-accessible, is to save themselves from those awkward situations. And I think it's—I've never seen it happen in a couple that's been dating for like six months— you yep. know, I've only seen it happen with the couples that have been together for like six years plus mm-hmm. yep. when it's like, oh my God, it's so-and-so-and-so-and-so, and they're just going to be t- together forever. And they know that it will be devastating or like one, no one's ever going to assume that they would break up. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm I'm never going to assume that so-and-so who has been with so-and-so for 10 years is going to break up. Yep. Even though that's a total possibility. So I think it's like, I've only seen it with those very long relationships. And mm-hmm. I, I think that maybe has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah i'm in the I'm in the middle. I think you're totally right, and I too have really felt challenged by the way I feel like I need to be accessible to people or that yeah. people need to be ha- have my life story accessible to them so that they can quote unquote better understand me like i want to do the work for them
1: right yep <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> um but uh in the other hand, like I just think that sometimes it makes messy shit like four percent less messy, yeah yeah.
1: I can see that. I yeah. can see both sides. Yeah. I feel like I just always see it with people who I'm like, you're not famous enough for me, for you to do this. Like why?
0: It's, it's like a press conference. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, just so
1: everyone knows we're breaking up and it's like, I didn't care, but thank you. Yes.
0: Maybe you should, um, wait, you don't even have Facebook anymore. I was going to say, maybe you should delete Facebook. I did. Yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you know my hangups about social media in general yeah, are probably yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, present yeah, 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 in my yeah. my feelings a, about this. It's but... <laughs> coloring a little bit,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But um,
0: you I, know. the last thing I'll say is just reiterating, like I I've never seen a couple like who were doing who were dating for like a couple months do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that would be that would be
0: a little dramatic. Yes, but don't get me wrong. To all those broken hearts out there, um, it's embarrassing when you break up and like you want to try to figure out a way to. Make it not so embarrassing or triggering. Absolutely, because like if I if my heart was crushed and then seventeen people that I saw at a bar were like, "How's so and Gary?" (laughs) I ended up dating Gary. (laughs) What a (laughs) twist! The guy from the roller coaster. (laughs) I'd be like, "Well, Gary crushed me," and you know, Uh yeah, I'd be very triggered.
1: I get that, and also like, heartbreak is heartbreak, and like. You can have heartbreak if you have been dating someone for two months, and you can have heartbreak if you have been dating someone for 10 years.
0: Also, maybe it's like a letting go. You know, mm-hmm. like the post is like a hands clean. Now I don't feel that obligation anymore. Even though even though I'm enacting it, I can just do it once. Do you know mm-hmm. what I
1: mean? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, But like, unfortunately, life is complicated, and that's not going to be the last time that you—
0: No, not at all. Not (laughs) at all.
1: Like it's going to come up again and someone's not going to know and they're going to say something stupid and you're going to be triggered.
0: Uh, Right now, I'm reminiscing in my head (laughs) about (laughs) that fantastic conversation. We have it on the last Patreon um, about how you managed um, the way people came up to you at work Mm -hmm. um, to to ask you about your dad and what you learned from therapy and just how like well— um, navigate it and what great boundaries that was. And if you want to hear it, you can subscribe to our Patreon.
1: Wow. <laughs> what a salesperson you are.
0: I know. <laughs> I come from a whole family of real estate agents. Did you know that? I did Just kidding. It was just one. I don't know why I said that. Yeah,
1: it was like a whole family, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that what your dad's Demolde, doing in that in Real Estate. <laughs> Look
0: it up. We, uh, upstate New York. Oh. Okay. Anyway, let's get into our letters, shall we? Let's do it. TLDR, the first 72 hours of a breakup suck. (laughs) They do. They do. Very good. Great. All right. our
1: first letter comes from Anonymous Anonymous, who's writing from Canada. Sierra and Sam, my heart aches. What do you do when you love the person you're with, but your heart won't let you stop feeling for someone else? I've been in the same relationship for six years with someone I met when I was 18 years old. He is the love of... He is my best friend and my family. I love him very much. We've had our share of relationship problems, including, including speculation of him cheating when my friends found him on dating apps. This happened multiple times. I don't think it's speculative if someone is like literally on a dating
0: app. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could say I never actually went out with them.
1: I guess. Okay. I was doing
0: it for the friends, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was trying to get some lady friends. Yeah. But every time I brought it up, he denied it and I choose to believe him. We've Oops. been on. A, yeah, was, sorry, anonymous. Uh, we've been on a few breaks, but he is always the person I end up with. He's always the one there. The people in my life tell me he is manipulative and emotionally abusive. I'm always the one apologizing, and every time there is a disagreement, he turns the blame around towards me. But despite knowing these things, I've always gone back willingly to him. However, this past January, I met someone at work. He made my heart flutter just by glancing at me. I hadn't felt that way in so long. I developed very strong romantic feelings for this person, and he developed these feelings for me in return. We started spending time together as friends, which only made the romantic desire stronger until I found myself one night kissing him. Soon after, my partner discovered this, and I knew I had a choice to make. At the time, my partner and I were barely communicating and in a huge rut. I know that's not an excuse for what I did, but it was pushing me further away. I took everything, It took everything I had in me to break up with him, but I soon found myself back in his familiar arms. I'm still with him as I write you this letter, but every single day I think about this other person. I think about how I hurt him and, how, and I think about how I not only lost an incredible potential love, but also lost a very close friend. I don't know how to move on and I don't know that I want to. I just don't want my heart to hurt anymore every time I see his smirk and hear his laugh. It absolutely kills me that this person isn't in my life. I know it was my decision to stay with my boyfriend and work through our problems, but I can't help but wonder if it was the wrong choice. I've been denying it for so long, but I fell in love with this other person. I loved the person I was with them. I loved the spirit they brought out in me and every aspect of who they were. I know this is why I can't move on. How do I know I made the right choice? If I made the wrong choice, then how do I move forward from the only love I've ever known? Thank you for taking the time to read this. It means the world to me. Lots of love. Anonymous.
0: Oh, Anonymous. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Uh, I want to just start off by saying there's no right or wrong choice. There's just a the choice you made and what you learn from it and how you move forward. So relieve yourself of the pressure. Of the idea of the right or wrong, absolutely. <laughs> like, um, first off, just be like, "Well, there's no way to undo anything. There's just what happened, and so I don't have to worry about being a right quote just person mm-hmm. or a wrong person or a bad person or whatever. It, I am who I am. Period. Yep. yep. Um, because that's a lot of pressure to be like, "Oh my God, can I, I, I write the wrong? You know."
1: It's so much pressure that we put on ourselves all the time. It's Constantly like, right day. or wrong. Every choice is a right or wrong choice, and right. it's like, no, it's not.
0: Every choice is a choice.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Period. Yep. That's it. Um, and Just I,
1: like don't murder people. Yeah, yeah that,
0: that might be the wrong. <laughs> that might be the wrong choice right there. Um, yeah, but we're gonna give you anonymous a little bit of tough love, and I and it's. It's coming from a place of extreme radical empowerment that we want you to have, yep. um, because we see a couple things going on here. First, we see that this is your first relationship; it's lasted a long time, mm-hmm. whether there's been good or bad, whether you, you've had breaks or not. It's, it's taken up you know six years of your life. You have learned how to love through this person, who. From our point of view, from the letter, doesn't sound like he's very good to you. Mm-hmm. Forget the dating apps thing. If I just if I came home to my best friend and said, I'm in a relationship in which I constantly have to apologize or make justifications for my partner. Sam would be like, what are you OK? <laughs> yeah. You like know, this like, doesn't
1: sound like a very good place to be.
0: Yeah. So we want to give you some tough love because we want to empower you to realize that it's OK to Prioritize yourself. It's, mm-hmm. You're allowed to um, seek happiness or yep. or leave someone for no reason. Mm-hmm. It can just be that he is he is your first love, yes, but it doesn't sound like this love is being very good to you That's in the right. long, in the long term. And yep. we're probably taking some big assumptions here because we only know what you wrote to us. Yep. But again, those key words that you said, like constantly apologizing, like making justifications for, mm-hmm. and the the cheating app multiple times by other friends makes me think like you are accepting the love you think you deserve.
1: That's right. Yep. And the love that you've learned too, yes. right? The, like this is your first long-term relationship. Like what? This is the
0: first relationship ever too. Yeah.
1: So like what, You know, it's hard to know what else, what love can feel like. When you've only experienced one way of loving.
0: Right. And so Sam and I are going to be tough lovey with you because we love you and we believe in you and, and we know how hard it is to convince yourself that you deserve better when we've been taught by society, by our own self-worth, by everything around us, that we are defined by, by love, yep. by those who love us. And if, and if we're not in a relationship, if, if I don't wake up and think somebody loves me today and that gives my life purpose, who am I? What am mm-hmm. I? What am I worth? Mm-hmm. But Life is short. You are young, but life is still sh- so short. Yep. And there's nothing empowering about lessening yourself.
1: Right. Yeah. I just want to remind you, Anonymous, that you are an actor with choices. Like you get to make decisions about your life. And I'm from reading this letter, it feels like you haven't made any choices in this. Mm-hmm. Like the way that you mm-hmm. describe this situation is like these things are all things that have happened to me. I found myself kissing him. I was we were not communicating, and that is an excuse for my behavior. I know you say it's not an excuse, but like you're kind of using it as an excuse. (laughs) Which we all do. Or it took everything I had to break up with him, and then I I found myself back in his arms. And it's like, no, you you are you are part of this. You are you are making choices. Even if they don't feel like active choices to you and they feel like they are being made by other people right now, you are participating in this process. Yes. You are hurting this guy who you kissed even though you were in a relationship and you shouldn't have. You are hurting yourself by staying in a relationship that that is not being good to you. You are cheating on your boyfriend by kissing this person. And like, it's until you you take some ownership over the things that you're doing, that's, before you do that, you're not going to be able to make any changes in your life.
0: Right, totally. Because
1: if you sit there and always think that you are a victim of circumstances, then you can't change the trajectory or make decisions that benefit you in any way because you're always, it's always somebody else's fault or it's always a thing that happened or it just, it, I had no control I just kissed him.
0: Yeah. And all of these things are things that I have done. I oh, for sure. like I have been in this situation. I have stayed in relationships I didn't want to be. I have cheated on people. I have I have found myself kissing people.
1: All of those things.
0: Right, absolutely. <laughs> um but I think what we're trying to shift here is we're trying to put you at the center of this world. Yep. You are the you are you are flying the plane, right? Like yep. you are in the cockpit and you are um, allowed to make choices. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to say no to love. You are allowed to say yes to love. You are allowed to say yes to yourself. And I, I think I, I, the one thing I pulled from this letter, anonymous, my darling, my sweet, is that where are you in it? Right. It's like I, I've, you say you've had a six year relationship that isn't is good and bad and have all these ups and downs. You've come back to him again and again. And you have this new love, this person you say you are in love with, Mm -hmm. and and you keep thinking about that um, as you go to bed, laying with your other boyfriend or or with your boyfriend, and and you keep wondering if you made a mistake because you hurt this person. And I want to say, like, what about you? Where are you? Um, I want you to lay in bed and think, am I happy? Yep. Can I make myself happy if I leave this boyfriend and this other guy won't forgive me or or won't come back, you know, like won't date me or something? Am I going to be happy with myself? Can I build myself up to feel lovable, worthy, uh, empowered? Um, And. That's really what Sam is saying is until we start feeling like we are agents of change Mm -hmm. in our lives, that we are worthy of our own advocacy and our own choices, then we're never—we're going to—we are going to be, as Sam says, a victim of circumstances constantly. You're going to float from one um, unfulfilling thing to to the next. And not not that these aren't fulfilling. I— I know what it's like to love someone who is who isn't good enough to me mm-hmm. and stay with them and justify their behavior. I, I've been there. What I'm hoping is that it won't take you as long as it took me yep. to figure out that I'm in control and I have a right to ask for more.
1: Yes, absolutely. From
0: myself, too.
1: Yeah, I did the worst things to people when I felt like I had no like I wasn't in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Like I've done like cheating on people. Mm -hmm. It's always like, I didn't, I couldn't control it. Mm -hmm. It just happens. But it was like, no, I was in the driver's seat in that. And I caused that, that hurt. But because I was pretending like I wasn't, I was able to, to get away with it. Because if I had been a person who, respected myself and respected my partner I would have made a different choice yes and the fact is is that even though it didn't feel like a choice it was a choice for me to right. do that bad behavior yeah
0: and also in, in like the grand scheme of things like Sam and I don't think what you did is bad no well like you made out with somebody that you were really into that you're really close to that's treating you well for after sure. you've been in a relation for six a bad relation for six years like that's the stuff that happened but yep. the, the agency that the the, the the activi- you know the advocacy for yourself is saying i deserve this so i'm going to leave that
1: absolutely you are the protagonist in your story so stop acting like the sad puppy dog that like gets dead at the end gets dead <laughs> yeah you know like there's always like the puppy or like the the dog in like action movies that dies that makes everyone cry
0: <laughs> where you are watching different movies
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> There's an entire website called does the dog die.com. That's where you my can, blind
0: like, date. <laughs> you can find out if the dog dies in a yeah, movie. Yeah, because or like show. every
1: time you see a dog in a movie, you're like, don't get attached to that dog because that dog's going to die.
0: I don't think you're a sad puppy, Anonymous. I think that you, like me, like Sam, like so many active hearts out there in the world, are really scared to make moves and choices just for yourself. Yeah. Right, like we always think we need, you know, our our boyfriend needs to beat us in order to leave us. Our girlfriend need we need to catch our girlfriend cheating in order to say you don't treat me well enough. Yeah. Right, or we always think I am nothing if no one loves me. Mm-hmm. And none of those things are true. You can leave right now. You can be a triumphant puppy at the end of the movie. <laughs> right, that's what I you want. You can from be me, Air actually. Bud. <laughs> you look up that reference. <laughs> Um, we hope this helps. We hope this gives you, um, we are giving you a long distance hug from across the country. We are holding your shoulders. We are looking you in the eye and saying you deserve whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, you just have to go out there and get it. Right. We love you, Anonymous. Thanks for writing.
1: Use the middle person. Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just That's rocketmoney.com slash just break Rocketmoney.com slash just All right. Our next letter comes to us from... Lydia Clark, who is writing to us from The Void. Lydia writes, I am 32 years old and right now in the middle of the most painful relationship drama of my life. About 18 months ago, I met the man who I later came to think would be the person I would spend the rest of my life with. We met at a party and had great con- great connection. We immediately felt very comfortable together and soon became a couple. However... Months into our relationship, he and I notice some differences in our terms of communication style. I take a while to open up and can sometimes be shy or secretive. He, on the other hand, is open and tends to say whatever is on his mind. I worked hard to ask him more questions and show him love in the way he needed me to, but I sometimes got it wrong and he would get upset with me. He would often want to talk about things in a way that I found increasingly upsetting or damaging. For example, I accidentally killed a plant he gave me and he was devastated I tried to apologize and make it better but he was so upset that he refused to spend the night with me and the next day he called me careless and said I'd leave a path of destruction and And I didn't care about him. Otherwise, I would have taken better care of the plant. I was distraught. And when I was crying so hard on the phone that my housemate came to check on me, he said I was, quote, shaming him. He felt the plant was a symbol for our relationship and that me not caring for it was like me not caring for our relationship. Time out. Seriously triggered. Holy (laughs) shit. Okay. Deep breath. On another. on another occasion, I told him I made an appointment with a counselor. I had suggested couples counseling, and he said he didn't want to do that. So I decided I, I would do counseling by myself. He was very upset that I hadn't told him I was contacting a counselor and making an appointment. I told him the day before the appointment. He said we needed to talk about this and didn't have time to talk about it before we went to visit his, visit his family that weekend. So I shouldn't come with him on the visit. This really upset me, and I told him I felt like he was controlling me. He said he was just trying to keep drama away from his family. After months of difficult behavior along these lines, I snapped and told him that I thought he was being controlling and gaslighting me. We almost broke up and I was ready to end it. And then I found out I was pregnant. We reconciled for a short, short while, but during our discussions about what to do with the pregnancy, I felt pressure from him to have an abortion. He said he didn't have the emotional energy for a child while his mo- mom was dying. By the way, he was, she was recently diagnosed with cancer and pointed out that our relationship was in a bad way. These were good points, but he also said that he was ser- scared about having the decision about when he would become a father taken away from him and that he hadn't consented to having a child. I felt confused as I know I want children and feel ready in many ways. I had an abortion, which I do think was the right choice because I am no longer sure I want this man in my life long term and since then have tried to break up with him twice We are really on the rocks now. He says he loves me, has never felt this way about anyone before, and has apologized for a lot of the stuff that he did to hurt me. He said he would do whatever it takes to fix things and has listened to me and respected my boundaries during this time. But I still feel really wary of him and very confused. On the one hand, he was a wonderful, loving, thoughtful, kind boyfriend. We had this amazing spark and we had made these beautiful plans together. Just time out. I just want to say, sparks and plans don't mean shit. That's right. Action do. Mm -hmm. Just want to start with that. Thanks. Okay. Going to continue the letter. It's just hard to get through.
1: This is good. I was angry at the last one, and you can be angry at
0: this Uh, one. Okay. (laughs) On the other hand, uh, Lydia, I love you already. (laughs) Continuing. Lydia writes, On the other hand, when things were bad, I did struggle to feel that he was seeing things fairly and didn't feel that he took responsibility for his part in our difficulties. I'm finding it very difficult to untangle the two ways I feel about him. I love him. I want all the things we wanted together. I adore his family, and I know they adore me, too. But my friends and family have described him as emotionally abusive, and I know they are worried for me, and I'm worried for me, too. I know he hasn't intended to hurt me and that he does love me. And at the, at the moment, he is being very kind and patient and is really letting me get all my frustrations out. I would love your advice. Should I give it another go with him and give us a chance to make things work now that we are communicating better than ever? I feel like he is finally listening and seeing things from my point of view and seeing that a lot of his behaviors were not okay. He wants us to work together to build a strong relationship and fight the, for the future we wanted. Or should I just decide that he probably won't change? Thank you so much for reading this.
1: Oh, thank you, Lydia, for writing. And I first want to say that I'm I'm sorry that you are going through so much emotional heartbreak. Yeah. At this, you know, within the relationship itself and all of the, the emotional baggage that you had to take on yourself. And then also in this, like... Sort of in between phase of should we break up? Should we stay together? Um, like that's just a lot of hard work, and it's I, my heart just goes out to you as you as you move through this space.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I didn't mean to yell <laughs> in the middle of the letter, but I too have been gaslit by a terrible person. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> I don't know your partner. I'm not saying that he's a terrible person. Um, but succulents and houseplants are very sensitive. And don't represent a fucking relationship. No, they don't. And don't warrant this dude not spending the night or talking to her. I, that That's what kills me because— a next of mine once found out that I dated someone that she didn't, like, like or respect. And uh-huh. she didn't speak to me for four days. Oh, my God. And during that time, I was, like, pulling my hair out. I felt so guilty. Yeah. I felt uh. so awful. I felt disgusting. Like, yep. she made me feel like I was disgusting for sleeping with this person yep. or whatever. Um, Even though it's, like, I didn't even... I, I, I'm not even proud of that relationship. Yep. But instead of just like allowing me to be a human with human experiences, she instead used that to shame and control me and make mm-hmm. me crawl to her and beg her to forgive me. And yep. Lydia, this poor woman, is crying on the phone so hard that her roommate hears her. Like it's a fucking houseplant. <laughs> like that is emotion. That's that's emotional abuse, Lydia. But that it, it's 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 not just emotional abuse. It's like it's beyond the re- realm of. S- I think what I would say is like sane expectations of a yep. relationship. Like that person is obviously projecting all of the other things going on in their life and their own insecurities and their own control issues. Like it 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 doesn't just I it's not just that his mother is sick. It's mm-hmm. not just that your houseplant died. Like yep. he is trying to control you emotionally, and that's what it looks like. This is yep. what emotional conditioning looks like. Absolutely. And and years of this will lead you to be. Uh, qu- incredibly quiet. You're going to swallow all your desires. You're going to try to, you know, you're going to try to be as small and quiet and helpful and, and as, a, you know, appealing as possible in the tiny bubble that won't set off this person mm-hmm. and, and what you know that they are capable of being like.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so, I no, I don't s-
0: think you should get back together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would say that the houseplant is like, its story is like a very, um, like, Real point in time thing. What's most concerning for me is that you went to a counselor and he tried to get you to not go.
0: Yes. I think I'm a t- obsessed with the house plant because it's so ridiculous. It's so
1: ridiculous. But the
0: counselor thing, I'm like, oh, man, that is textbook control.
1: Absolutely. Because he does not want you talking to someone else about him So that and have that other person tell you that his behavior is unacceptable and that it's not real. Because right now he is building a wall around you that says this is normal. This is normal. You deserve this. You deserve this. And
0: you know what that wall is built out of? Every brick is his apologies. Yes. Every brick is like, I'm not going to do this again. I'm listening. Like, I'm sorry. I've changed. But guess what? He this behavior to me, Lydia, it's it's. It's not just his pain, right?
1: It's not. And we can come up with a million reasons for justification of why our abusers abuse us. Right. A million justifications, but none of them are actually true.
0: Right. Because I want to say this. Imagine you are you imagine, Lydia, picture a world with me. Next month, next summer, next Christmas, whatever, and you have not gotten back together with this person. You have Mm -hmm. put up healthy boundaries. You no longer speak to them. You said very respectful, loving goodbyes to his family. You worked on your health, yourself, for six months. You did your head and heart work. You, I don't know. You started jogging. Cut your hair. Yeah, you cut your uh, uh, yeah. Cut bangs. (laughs) You know, big life transitions. Uh Yeah, you, you know, you worked on yourself for six months, and then you met someone else. That you too had a spark with this person. You have really great intellectual conversations. You start seeing those things you imagined with this person. Um, They're great in bed, they're gorgeous, their family's fine because all families are just fine. You know, um, but they have really fun friends, and you have really similar interests. Except this person will listen to you when you're scared. This person won't buy you house plants, or they will, and they and and they and d- just
1: like as a nice gift yes. for you to like do what you absolutely. Want with. And
0: and you know what. <laughs> This person is going to be like, "How are you feeling today, baby?" And you'll yep. like, "Oh my God, I'm so anxious, and I just had a hard day." And they're going to say, "Well, maybe you should see a counselor like I think that would be really helpful for you to have somebody to talk to who's not or, me or that is a healthy boundary. Go ahead Sam. it'll be
1: like, when I bought Peter a houseplant, and he kept it for a while and then he broke it and it died. And I was like, "Oh, that's sad,
0: yeah, totally." <laughs>
1: because that's a normal response to when a houseplant dies. I
0: I just wanted to paint that like picture for you because love exists without this wild exertion yep. that you have to do every day to keep things good, yep. right? You then you know in my life because of my relationships because of um my poetry, the my work that is published, I've had a couple people close to me in my life reach out and say essentially if I think I'm in an abusive relationship, am I? Or, or what are the signs, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the number one thing for me that I always think of, and don't get me wrong, this is not textbook, but, but what I always think of and what my experience says is, if you are constantly afraid of disappointing them, and I mean constant, like at yep. every move, like is dinner good? Am I wearing the right clothes? Did I say the right thing? Mm -hmm. Oh, this person flirted with me. Did I respond correctly to the barista who handed me my change? You know, like, did I compliment them enough? Did I pay attention to them enough? Um, Did I buy them the right present? You know, did I spend enough time with them and without them? Mm. And it's not just being obsessive about those decisions. It's fearing that at any turn, right or wrong, at any turn, I will lose them for days. Right. Mm. It's because it's I think emotional abuse and this type of controlling manipulation. It's not just about the mean things that they'll say to you. It's about how they withhold their love to control you. Yeah, for sure. And that's it. Lydia, I'm sorry to just go off on this, but I feel like very kindred um, sisters in this situation. And I just want to say, like, it doesn't have to look like this.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: There are people out there who will love you and they they won't use that love as a weapon against you.
1: Absolutely. And the thing is is that you are now in a in a great position to be able to break things off. Like the where you are right now is a good place to be because um because one of the things that abusers do is they they come back with all of this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, after you've told all of your friends and family that, uh, all of the bad things and horrible things that that person has done to you, and then you invite that person back into your life, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a way to distance you from your friends and family because you have taken this person back into your life because he has apologized to you so profoundly and you feel like you can't live without him, mm-hmm. which is just another way to distance you from... From the people that you love, and that is what abusers do—is mm-hmm. they distance you from the from the people that can provide you with the perspective that make you understand that the things that they're doing to you are not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so, it's all out in the open right now, right? Like all of the stuff, all of the shit that he did to you. Your friends and family are there. They're saying, "Yeah, you deserve better. You deserve better." And now is the like the opportunity for you to listen to them and know that they're speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. It's going to get harder if you if you bring him back into your life, and like totally. that's just the reality of it. You are in a place right now where I hope that we are able to tell you, and that you're able to listen that the love that he's giving you is not love. The right. love that he is giving you is abuse. The love that he's giving you is manipulation. It is control, and though it, even though it feels so good when he looks at you and he you feel like you haven't disappointed him. Oh my god, trigger! Being in fear of disappointment isn't the way that you should be living your life. Right. Like you're like, you're down all of the time right. when you are with an abusive person. so that when feeling normal is what feels amazing. Yes. And you can exist. You it's can like have, drug. right. You can have a relationship where normal is just normal. And things are, when things are really good, that's when it feels really good.
0: Totally. Um. Sam just said that his love isn't love. It's, it's manipulation. It's, it's gaslighting. But I want to say, Lydia, your love is real. Yes. The shitty thing is, Sam and I both know, like, you love this person. Yep. And before we close out your letter, I think we both just want to say, we know you love him. Mm -hmm. We know that you saw good. We know that you saw those soft, tender moments that make it all worth it. Yep. But we just want to say... It doesn't have to be such an extreme exchange rate, yep. right? Between the good and the bad love, mm-hmm. the healthy and the sick. Uh, you don't deserve to have to work this hard, right? And be this scared all the time. Yep. But we know it's real, girl. Like we, do. we all fall in love with fucking gaslighting, controlling sons of bitches. Yeah
1: and i i want to say that none of this is your fault either mm-hmm, right like mm-hmm. i know that i'm talking about sort of like now's the time to get out of this now is the time to to listen um but i don't want you to feel like any of the awful things that he has done to you have in any way been caused by you mm-hmm you are, he is exacting whatever he's exacting on you because of his own bullshit. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with the fact that you killed that (laughs) houseplant. It has nothing to do with the fact that you want to go see a therapist. It has everything to do with his own bullshit and the fact that he wants to manipulate and control you.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that like we could mash these two letters together, the first and the second. Not that they are similar, but that in that all... When we are unhappy in relationships, we often feel like we are there to be um, in servitude to our partner's suffering or or to suffering in general, right? Like Mm -hmm. that I am just unhappy, so I'm going to stay in this situation for X, Y, and Z reasons. But just like in our first letter, Lydia, you are an agent in your life. You are the pilot. You you are the driver. And you can say, no, 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 no. I'm going to pull this bus over. A pilot, obviously, driving a bus. (laughs) I'm going to pull this bus over and I'm going to I'm going to let you get off and move on and have somebody else carry your baggage because mm-hmm. I don't want to move around with this. And going back to anonymous in the first letter, the same thing. You can say, "I want to be free of this. Yep. I want to do something different because if you want things to be different, then you need to act different." That's right. Yeah. <sighs> Got a little worked up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and me both.
0: Um Lydia we hope this helps. We hope you feel loved. We hope you feel supported um, and know that there are lots of people in your circle who will help you make the important choices towards mm. your emotional freedom.
1: Yep. Absolutely. We love you. Thanks for writing. All right. Our last letter comes from Cat Rather Not Say.
0: <laughs> Rather Not Say.
1: <laughs> uh, who is writing from Brooklyn. Hi. I've been in a monogamous relationship with my partner for two and a half years, and we've lived together for the past year. We come from pretty different backgrounds. He's from a small town in the Midwest. He's white and straight, has only been in monogamous relationships. I'm Asian. I'm from Hawaii. I'm bi, and I've been both monogamous and poly at different points in my life. Because of our different backgrounds and also because this is just part of who I am— I think it's so important to talk about everything, communication styles, love languages, sex, politics, our identities, relationship histories, what we want our relationship to look like, etc. I'm someone that needs to talk everything out, what a lot of people might call over communicating, but a lot of people don't know shit, (laughs) to feel at baseline normal. All of my close friends and even a lot of my acquaintances and familiar relationships are based on realness and talking about the hard stuff being deep and open just feels necessary in the shitstorm that is this world. My partner is in many regards a loving, caring, thoughtful partner who adores me. Despite this, we've had conversations about our relationship throughout our relationship about how I feel like one he doesn't want to open up to me about his deep insecurities, history, depression and anxiety, etc., all the things he calls ugly. And two, that his decision to not be open with me flows over to him not being fully present or wanting to know the deep parts of me. One example is that he's known from the beginning about me being bi, and I tried to talk to him about it early on, but he wouldn't engage or would change the subject. It's shitty, but I just got used to that part of myself not being validated or present with him. We had a conversation last summer about it where I forced him to acknowledge how much he... This has hurt me and how ridiculous it is that our first real talk about my sexuality happened two years after we started dating. Then there are the fights that he picks with me when he is feeling particularly depressed and anxious, which is exacerbated by his tendencies to take on too many things in his limited spare time. He's in three bands and is working on a fourth right now. When he knows one of his triggers is not having downtime to process or just chill out regularly. I've asked him to go to therapy, but he says he doesn't want to be pressured into it. I'm tired of having the same fights with him over and over, about not feeling seen, about how it's not okay for him to not take care of himself, and how that affects me and our relationship. He always agrees, says he'll think about it and do better, but nothing seems to actually change. I don't know how much this affects the situation, but I've had experiences where I've been in really healthy relationships where open communication was the norm and trust was of the utmost importance, and I don't know that he has. So all the excuses I've given to myself for him are about how he doesn't know what a healthy relationship looks like up close. So many people aren't taught what healthy love looks like, or consent, or communication, and I get that. But I wonder how much more I can push him to realize this isn't a relationship I'm down for. Mm. I think he's convinced himself that he's happy and that our relationship is good. But I don't see it that way. I see it as something with so much potential, if only he'd get his head out of his ass and put in the work. I love him so much. My head hurts just thinking that he knows how upset—my heart hurts just thinking that he knows how upset— I am about all of these things and how he just seems to bury his head back in the sand after we come to some sort of resolution after each argument. I'm a hopeful person who believes in people's power to change, but I'm losing faith that this will, and I know I can't make anyone change if they don't want it themselves. I'm I'm currently looking for a therapist because this has really been messing with me emotionally and psychologically for too long. Radical love for the pod and you guys. Appreciate any advice, XO.
0: Thank you so much for writing.
1: Absolutely, Kat. This is a great letter.
0: Rather not say. (laughs) What is it? Rather not say?
1: It just says Kat rather not say. So cute. Yeah.
0: Rather not say is a really cute last name. (laughs) Like, it could be, right? It's
1: not Kat's last name. She would actually rather not say.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, no, I get that. But rather not say. Uh Like, I just want to say it. Um, Okay, Kat, thank you so much for writing. Um, Yeah, sounds like you too, like the rest of our bleeding hearts, are in a bit of a pickle. (laughs) Why can't you handle that? you just didn't expect me to say it
1: no just like what an what a great summation of of our whole podcast and
0: also like every letter ever it sounds like
1: you're in a pickle yeah like we should just say that every time
0: um i'll make a (laughs) t-shirt real talk though uh time out from cat's letter every letter we read give or take maybe 10 to 15 percent start out like Okay, so I met this amazing person. Oh
1: my God, we connected on like a spiritual, like astrological level that was we like We made unknown. plans to be
0: together for the rest of our lives <laughs> and we even named our new pet gerbil that we'll get in six months. Yes. Turns out he's (laughs) terrible to me. (laughs) What do I do? What happened to the man I love? (laughs) Don't get me wrong. We are laughing at this and it sounds ridiculous, but it's just true. That's what love is and heartbreak is, is that we we meet people. We really like them. We idealize them. we, We like what we know about them. And then... Life and circumstance and relationships and stress and yep. addiction and all these things come out to show us the other sides of our partners. Right. And what the hardest thing is, is recognizing that they are all in one. We, we contain multitudes. For sure.
1: And, like, we are laughing because we relate so hard to having... Yeah also been literally <laughs> i was like last that. breakup
0: i went through i was like sam oh
1: my
0: god oh my god it's so sad sam i'm so sad <laughs> what happened and sam's like you literally knew who this person was the day you met them
1: <laughs> it's true anyway um cat <laughs> yes cat. let's get to it
0: okay so what's what's happening here i first want to say sorry about your heart yes and the stress that this is because it, it, it it's obvious that you see quote a lot of potential in this relationship you've already invested lots of time in it yep and in this person you really believe in who they could be if they lived up to your expectations of who you think they should be
1: Ooh, wow
0: but what well
1: constructed S- sentence
0: thank you <laughs> off the cuff but what Sam and I maybe want to add to the conversation is um that this might be who your partner is. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. Um that he, don't get me wrong, fellow human being. Um <laughs> I was gonna say, don't get me wrong, girl, but I to to take gender out of it. Yeah. Fellow human being. Um I too am a chronic oversharer. I could Yes. Like real talk. <laughs> My sweet, I could never be in a relationship in which I felt like I could not have intimate relationship, uh, intimate conversations with my partner. If mm-hmm. I felt like they did not share with me at the level at which I like to share yep. or process things, yep. I couldn't do it. And that's, Kat, because those are my emotional needs. Absolutely. That's what I need. Yep. Do I share um, or ask people to share as much as Sam does? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Sam is Sam asked Sam and Peter are very close and and talk about everything right yeah
1: we have we have hard conversations we right. do
0: but i need to talk them like kat is saying yep. and what i'm saying what why i brought up that example was not to put you on blast but to say like that sam and peter are totally compatible or work to be compatible yep. at the levels of intimacy in different ways in their lives that they want to be yes whereas and- i know that i need to be with somebody who can match me right and you are doing a lot of emotional work right now to imagine how your partner could be more compatible with you if he only changed. Yep, absolutely. And don't get me wrong; I'm all about change and evolution, all those things. But like he, I share that about myself because like it took me a long time to realize that that was my standard cat. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you might have to do that hard work to say this is not enough for me.
1: Absolutely, and, and that's okay. And here's the thing. We talk about this a bunch, but like his 100% feels to you like 40%.
0: Right. Like, Unpack that for me.
1: Yeah. So like he is, he is moving through this. And I, okay. Yeah. Let's say his, Ninety percent, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think so that there's giving, some things that so he can approve on. But. He's
0: giving and giving and giving to you, and you're like, oh, this is like this is the tip of the iceberg. Like, there's more. Give yep. me more. Give me more, more, more. I know that there's more hanging out under the surface. Yep. But what Sam is saying is,
1: is that like he's giving ninety percent. Like he doesn't have that, that much more to it. give, right? Yeah. Like and and so if the and I'm not saying that you are you are your expectations of him are too high. What I'm saying is that to you that feels like forty percent, right? And that's okay. To me too,
0: girl. Like right? I, I, I read this letter and I was like, "Damn, that's me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right, and I, uh, and so like, if it feels like forty percent to you, then it is like it is forty percent to you. But he's not capable of giving you any more, and it's not. And I don't want to disparage him because I do want to push back on you a little bit and say. Healthy relationships can look different than than I think what you think a healthy relationship looks like. Right. Right. Like I'm not saying that you are unhealthy in any way. I'm just saying that healthy relationships can exist outside of. Constant communication, like constant oversharing, like delving into all of these things. Like open and honest communication is central to every relationship, but it doesn't have to look like sitting until two in the morning, having in-depth conversations about your feelings and your past traumas yeah. and all of that stuff. Let me
0: give you an example of that from your fellow over-talking, over-processing bisexual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um well I I actually thought it was a very poignant example that you brought up about feeling like your sexuality wasn't validated by your partner. Yes. Well um here's the thing like I I think it is you deserve to be to feel seen and validated no matter in what stage you are in your life or your relationship or anything and you definitely deserve to feel seen and validated by your partner. Yep. But also he might just not care that you're bisexual. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that in like a Pass, uh, like a dismissive way, he, it, it's not that he doesn't believe you or see you as that, but he is your heterosexual partner, mm-hmm. um, and he ex- if he accepts you as you are, you might not get the validation that you're looking for from him because that's yep. not his job. Right. Uh, it, another way to say that all is just to say, I don't get everything I need to get from my partner. Yes, and yep. and it's not that your boyfriend doesn't care that you're bisexual, but like. Or, or it's. I'm not even saying he didn't, like, fuck up a little. Like, he, he mm-hmm. probably should have just made you feel more seen and validated originally, yep. right? Yep. But I don't—I get things from Sam that I don't get from my partner. Yes. Um, I get things from my friend that I don't get from my family. hmm And I think that's just an example of what Sam was referencing, the idea that you don't have to get everything from your partner you don't need to meet on every chakra like a line perfectly <laughs> um
1: uh-huh yeah
0: to be to 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 have the type of partnership that i think you're craving from this relationship right but real talk between you and me one um over feeler to another like this you are doing it sounds like you are making yourself sick imagining the potential of this relationship coming to fruition when i can't um I can't cash checks on potential,
1: right? Exactly.
0: Um, you can't go to the bank and be like, "I would like to buy a nice long relationship with the potential of it." <laughs> that's a really extended mixed metaphor. There, that was but... <laughs> that was
1: intense, but yeah, yes, exactly.
0: Um, yeah,
1: yeah. So I think that's what. So push back a little bit. I think in terms of like, mm-hmm. not all all healthy relationships have to look the same, right? And 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 I think that understanding that might actually make it easier for you to understand the fact that it seems like you and your partner are just not compatible. Right. Right. And so like what's happening is that like he's giving you bunch he's giving you 90% and it feels to you like 40. And so it's okay to say like 40 that feeling of 40 is not enough for me. I want to be in a relationship where it feels like 100. Yes. And it's it's not his fault, it's not your fault. It's that there's com- there's just not compatibility in how you communicate, how the importance of having deep in-depth conversations about your um your traumas right. and all of your deepest darkest fears, even like Self care and and self health. Like, I would say that he should go to therapy because I think that everyone should go to therapy, Absolutely. but it's also like
0: you can't y- you might force process them, them differently. Yeah. Right? I think that's what Sam, Sam and I, well, here, let me take it one more direction bec- before we close out this letter. Like, it you could make it work with this person. You obviously love and respect each other a lot. Absolutely. You're obviously very committed to it, but it will take a, you either have to say, nope, this is what I need from a partner. Or you have to say that everyone's experience on this wild, tingly-fingered, pungent, weird-ass world, uh-huh. quoting a poem there, <laughs> um, it's called For My Niece Sydney, age six, by Amy Gersler. There we go. I remembered it.
1: <laughs> I was like, uh-oh.
0: Um, read that poem. Anyway, um, this weird world is acted out differently by... Um, By every person and all of their senses and all of their experiences. So his understanding of wellness, spirituality, intimacy, love, communication is just on a different plane than yours. So to try to align them perfectly will never happen. It's just a matter of you and what you can feel content with, yep. what you can feel full and loved and nurtured with. Right. This guy sounds like a great guy. He does. It just feels like you guys are missing each other with with, with all the good intention in the world.
1: Absolutely. So you can either say that's enough for me and mm-hmm. I need to find something that fits me better mm-hmm. or you have to adapt. I mm-hmm. mean, and not to say that he doesn't have to adapt as well. Like I'm not saying fold yourself to fit into him. But there has to be understanding of the fact that his relationship to conversation, to understanding people's trauma, to engaging with people is just different than yours mm-hmm. and that you can create space within yourself to understand that difference and work to accommodate it. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. he can, I mean, and he can do the same thing as well. But if you are not able to do that, then he's never going to be enough for you and mm-hmm. you need to walk away. And that's Absolutely. okay either. That is like, totally Both okay. of those options are fantastic.
0: Absolutely. All right, Kat, we hope this helps. We love you very much.
1: Thank you so much for writing. All right, that brings us to our blind date. Uh, this segment of the show is when we try and hook you something up with... Hook you something up, is what I just said.
0: <laughs> hook I'm going to hook you something <laughs> up, girl!
1: Uh, this is when we hook you up with something that we think you're really going to love. So this week, our blind dates is...
0: The Brene Brown Netflix special.
1: Get me out of here.
0: That a thousand (laughs) of you sent us. Quote, now Sam doesn't have to read the book. End quote. Yeah, I
1: know. I appreciate all your little jokes, people. (laughs) But really, I I do appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but really, it's called The Call to Courage. And if you've got Netflix and you've got an hour. In 10 minutes, I think. Definitely watch this Brene Brown special. Uh, it's a fantastic summation of a lot of ideas that she's brought to life in many of her books. But of course, as usual, it's performed and delivered to perfection. Brene is funny, personable. For those of you who don't know, um, Brene Brown um, is a researcher who de- deals with human experiences like shame and fear and courage. And um, she collects all this data and then basically releases these really powerful books reflecting, uh, basically reflecting what she learned in the data. Um, and, and so they're, they're self-help books backed up by research, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I as somebody who has read a couple of her books and really drawn to her work and her TED Talk. Um, the I was really excited about the Netflix uh, special, and I just thought it was wonderful. Good. I just thought I, I, I walked away from it feeling exactly the way you hope to feel after watching a Netflix special of your favorite self-help author. <laughs> I felt really inspired and motivated and um, touched and grateful for the shared humanity that she puts out there.
1: That's great. I'll watch it and we should do like a Patreon conversation about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, great one. Maybe we should do it like next week. Yeah. Okay, cool. Subscribe to our Patreon. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, to episode 47.
1: You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustBreakUpPod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, fend us, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit all your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise, our Patreon, and tickets to our very first live show, which will be essentially like the one-year anniversary of us starting this podcast.
1: Amazing. July
0: 27th. You can find all that at justbreakuppod.com.
1: Please don't forget. To get, whoa,
0: <laughs> we are really not doing
1: well. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review, and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you give us five dollars a month on Patreon, you get an additional bonus episode every week. Five dollars a month for additional weekly episode. Patreon.com/slash Just Pod. This helps us keep the lights on, and it helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music. Re- Recording, editing, and producing by our friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, you are smart, powerful, and capable. You are learning from your mistakes, and you are better for them. You are allowed to leave, to change your mind, to fall out of love, to fall in love. Like everything in nature, you are allowed to change Transformation is a state of being, not an endpoint, so you are allowed to move through this life curiously. Integrity is matching your actions to your words, what you say you will do versus what you do, and you are going to move forward honoring yourself. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.